0: The Little Known Secret to Law Firm Success with Maddie Martin, episode 47. Are you ready to make your law firm a profit-generating machine that will free up your time and skyrocket your impact? With more than two decades of business growth experience and having proven that you can be successful while prioritizing your family and your impact, Introducing the Profit with Law podcast. I am your host, the creator of the firm differentiator 10x effect, Moshe Amsel. Well, hello, and welcome to another episode of Profit with Law. I'm your host, Moshe Amsel, and today you are in for a treat. And I say that because this is a, another bonus guest interview episode, and uh, my guest today is somebody very special. Um, what's interesting is is that a month ago, I had no idea who she was. Actually, it's not true, because I had heard her um, interviewed on a couple of other shows, Uh, So I definitely have heard her before, but I really... I didn't know her. Um, And then we were introduced... Interestingly, somebody reached out to me on LinkedIn that I had a connection with from a couple of years back. And they said, you know, I I have somebody who I think would be a good fit for your show and introduced me to our guest today. And we had our initial conversation. And since then, our... um, our uh, friendship or connection has blossomed uh, significantly. As you know, I've dropped some uh, hints in the past, uh, in a few a few past episodes about uh, our virtual summit, virtual conference that we're going to have coming up in December. You're going to start hearing more and more about that. But this um, this person was the first one to raise their hand when when I, I said explained what it is that i was trying to do and um and give me a vote of confidence basically when you run a conference for the first time virtual in person doesn't matter it's extremely difficult to get sponsors because you don't have a track record of proof that you can pull it off and um and she believed in me and believed in what i was doing enough to not only go ahead and, and, and sponsor the event, but also to introduce me to a number of vendors. And what I've come to find is that the, the really good vendor community serving law firms is a close knit group. And, um, and she basically broke that ice and introduced me to a bunch of people who I now have relationships with. And it's a a super, super, uh, exciting uh, time for for me and, and the growth of my company and um, and it's a super exciting time for you as law firm owners because we're about to change the way that you get information, change the way that you learn, change the way that you receive information. you know, th- we're going we're gonna basically bring all of this to you in your office, in your living room. You're not gonna have to leave, fly away from the family, leave your practice, to get the, the the latest and greatest information about uh, business development and practice management. So the Law Firm Growth Summit is, is going to be an absolute game changer in the industry. And you're going to be able to be the first ones to attend. And a lot of it is thanks to my guest today because of her vote of confidence that has allowed me to to sell a number of sponsorships, which is going to fuel the cost of advertising the event and marketing it and being able to bring in the attendees that are going to uh, learn from it and and get so much out of it. So all of this secrecy... Let me share with you who this amazing person is because besides for the fact that she's sponsoring my event, she works for a company that um, on the, on the surface seems like something that exists out there at a dime a dozen and, you know, that's virtual reception services, but they go about it in such a different way. And they've added so many tools to the tool shed and so many, so many different ways that they serve you, um, that this is not about, um, a virtual reception, and you know, a virtual receptionist, and it. You might think, oh, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna bother to listen to this because I have a full time receptionist at my desk, or, or uh, uh, we don't need coverage, um, you know, of our phones uh, after hours, things like that. We're gonna talk about all of that in this interview, um, but more importantly, you need to understand and make the connection of where do sales come from in your firm and um, and what gets somebody to refer your firm? Why do people talk about you? What is the experience that they receive that gets them to to then go and tell somebody else, this is the law firm you wanna work with? Those are all the things that we're gonna cover here. And um, it was such a good conversation and such an eye-opener for me um, in, in the little things that we can do to totally change and and turn around uh, where the direction of firm is going and 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 the ability that it has. So this is an episode that I strongly strongly encourage you to make sure you listen through to the end. Um, So let me give you that official bio real quick. My guest today is none other than Maddie Martin. Maddie Martin is the head of growth and education for Smith AI, which provides law firm communication services, including their virtual receptionist and intake service, web chat, and keypad cloud phone system. She has spent the last decade growing tech startups from New York to California and has expertise in digital marketing, small business communications, lead conversion, email marketing, SEO and content marketing, social media Co-marketing and event marketing. Maddie can be reached at Maddie at smith.ai. There's there's nothing else for me to add after the introduction that I gave, other than I really love, um, uh, you know, I I love Maddie. I love what she's doing, and I love the chat that we had. And you know, it you guys have a great promotion she's going to give you at the end to try them out. Take it, give them a whirl, um, try it out, and and see for yourself whether this is something that is, um, that is helpful to you in closing sales, not losing leads, keeping customers happy and satisfied, and so on and so forth. So without further ado, I'm going to open this up. Let's, let's cue that interview. And uh, here we go. Maddie, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks, Moshe. It's great to be here.
0: So Maddie, let's take a step back and just take us through some of your journey through life that has brought you to where you are today at Smith AI. Let our listeners know who you are, what your background is, and uh, some of the amazing ways that your story just brought you to where you are today.
1: Sure, absolutely. Um, So I am an economics major, and I'm a very analytical person who also has had a lot of experience in bringing sort of older organizations and institutions into modern marketing. Um, When I was at the YMCA of Metropolitan Washington, which governs 17 branches in that area, that was the first time that the Y had undergone a rebranding in over 160 years. They had no social media presence, their website was outdated, and it was an opportunity to sort of bring them into um, the modern marketing world and to show that they are alive and well online as well as in person at their physical branches. So that was um, a great formative experience for me. Uh, I had had some fundraising experience working with nonprofits and I've always been very service driven. So when I took roles later on at startups, um, working closely with other small businesses that need a lot of help with services and running their business, um, not in a charitable aspect, but in a way that helps them run their businesses in a, in a sustainable, profitable uh, way that allows for work-life balance and business continuity, that service mindset that I've always sort of tried to cultivate in any work that I've done has translated really well towards delivering value in everything that I do. And I think when you work with startups, you're very keenly aware of value because you have a very limited budget compared to, you know, some of the other businesses operating in your industry. So we take that same service mindset, that same, you know, conservative approach financially to spending on marketing channels. And we say, what are really the most valuable outlets for your cash that drive business growth and sustainability and I think that's one of the reasons why I love working for Smith AI which is now the third startup that I've run marketing and growth for is that we are really an affordable solution that pays dividends immediately when law firms and other small businesses delegate their frontline work to us.
0: That's pretty incredible, and what what I find most fascinating is how um, your journey took you from a, a marketing bent and a marketing edge to being much more um, consumer driven and um, and you know value based driven, which. Interestingly, you know, you're you're correlating to being valuable for you in Smith AI as as a startup. But what um, is really true is law firms themselves need to start operating from a value-based perspective and a customer-based approach, and a lot of them are not doing that today. And that's really the key to business now in the 21st century and, and moving forward is people are making decisions based on what their experience is going to be. You know, when people go on Yelp and look for a restaurant, they're not necessarily looking for the best food. They're looking for who's going to have the best waiter or waitress that's going to serve them with a smile and bring their food in hot and on time and, you know, create a p- pleasant experience. And the same thing goes for for law firms and law firms need to focus on the experience customers are getting um, or clients. I like to call them customers because we need to understand that our law firm practice is a business and your business gets customers and the customers need to be served. Um, so it's not just, you're not doing them a favor by providing the legal services, you're doing them a service and you need to come from a service mindset. So I love that your background has taught you that and that's what you bring to the table at Smith AI.
1: Thanks. Yeah, I think that the more that law firms and small businesses of any shape and size approach their clients with the understanding that they are customers of many businesses. They're also customers of Amazon and Zappos and eBay and PayPal users. And if you are not accepting credit card payments, if you're not responding on these new channels on web chat, text messaging, operating without just your personal cell phone and actually delegating some of these things then you are Out of alignment with their expectations because your clients are not just operating in Law firm world they're operating in the real world and they have all these experiences that inform and set expectations for how it's going to be to work with you and these days you know, responsiveness is not just a matter of being fast to respond, but also the channel through which you respond. So even if you don't personally love web chat or those chat widgets on sites, which have dramatically improved in the last several years, but your clients do, then that is a service to them to provide that opportunity to communicate with you in that way. And it's also important that as you approach your law firm as a business that you understand and can calculate things like your opportunity cost, because it's not always possible that you will be the one who can respond if you have to be at court every morning. But it is possible that you can hand off some of these core tasks. And it's even more within your bandwidth, within your budget to do so if you understand Well, the opportunity cost of my time is actually a real tangible cost to me to spend time doing something that I don't need to do that's not lawyering work, or even paralegaling work, Um, and to hand off those things that are just labor or operations or communication tasks that can protect your time, which is most valuable and most well-spent on things you're best suited and most expert to do.
0: So there's many different directions that I could go from here in our conversation. Um, I want to talk about the value of time real quick. And I'm just going to reference something that I just mentioned on a recent podcast episode. I don't know what the episode number was, perhaps we'll link that up in the show notes, and my team will find it for me. But um, I repeated something that I heard from Michael Hyatt on his podcast where he was he talks about productivity and he talks about leadership and he was talking about how a friend of his years ago um, was talking to him and talking about how you know he was doing all of his website development work himself because it was you know it was too expensive to hire a web developer and he turned to him and he said, well Let's do a simple calculation about, you know, how much do you earn a year and how many hours do you work? And then we'll come up with your hourly rate that, that your time is worth. And they came up with about $150 an hour when, when they did the math. And he turned to him and he said, let me ask you a question. Is it possible you might be able to find a web developer for less than $150 an hour? And obviously the answer was yes. You could, you know, at that at that time, especially even today, you could find a web developer for thirty bucks an hour. So he turned around and he said, Look, you know, you're not recognizing the value of your time. The best thing for you to be doing is to be doing the tasks that are going to bring in and generate dollars. And you could be Offloading this for $30 an hour and getting back $150 an hour, netting $120 an hour basically for all the time you're spending on web development. And attorneys um, law firm owners especially solos uh, or smalls that are just starting to learn about uh, bringing on staff um, struggle with this because it, it's not real dollars today right so if you have somebody else do the work you have to pay them today you may not be getting the results of the dollar savings today but it is going to create that freedom in your time to be able to generate that additional revenue so you it kind of you kind of have to sacrifice a little bit up front. To 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 bring that in, um, and what I th- what the first place that virtual reception services and all the other services that that Smith AI offers, and and you have lots of competition in the field as well. the The first thing that it that it does is it allows you to not have to hire somebody full time and be able to offload those tasks. But I think that the power is far beyond that, right? And and that's where I think that I'd like to to take the next piece of the conversation is talk to us and I can come up with my own stuff, but I'd like you to share, you know, somebody who has a receptionist answering the phone is not, you know, doing this themselves, but they have somebody at the desk answering the phone. What are the benefits of of having a company like Smith AI behind them um, that they're not thinking of? Because I know that there are a ton of them, right?
1: Absolutely. So Smith AI comes in in a number of ways where you already have a receptionist. First of all, that person who's a receptionist, the first gut check that I would say is is that person really a receptionist or are they a paralegal that you're repurposing as a receptionist? So you may say, I have a receptionist and the paralegal may say, I wasn't really hired to do this. So that's one thing. Uh, Let's assume that, you know, you're not um, you know, repurposing someone, and they actually are a receptionist whose job it is to answer the phone and be responsive in other ways. So, they also have other things that take them away from the desk. They have sick days, they have times that they're busy or away from their office or have more important things to do. And that's just one person. So, in terms of consistency and continuity, if that one person is busy, then you're back to square one or your overflow calls go ring over to your desk or to someone else's. Not to mention the fact that that person's probably only working an eight hour shift five days a week. So if you wanna have the level of responsiveness that consumers expect, and we know it's important because the Clio Legal Trends Report say that two out of three potential clients base their decision to hire on the initial responsiveness of the firm to that first call or email or communication. Then we know that like the consistency is key to getting your marketing results, to getting your business growth, and, and consistently so. So, you can have overflow calls handled by the receptionist service like Smith AI. You can also have communications that are coming in through other channels handled alongside that receptionist. So, you can have web chat automatically respond or with live staff respond on your website. You can also have web forms that are being completed on your website. Let's say you have a contact form or basic intake, and even that can lead to scheduling. Those forms that are completed can actually be, normally what happens is that creates an email. That email can be automatically forwarded to us. We have many clients who do this. They send that web form lead to us. We make a call back using the business phone number of the law firm. So it shows that it's ringing from you, from your business. And the Smith AI receptionist will actually go through those basic intake questions, qualify and screen that potential client. And if they are qualified, schedule them for a consult, even taking payment with a credit card by phone, and putting it on your calendar. Now, we are very careful here to do so ethically, and this is really an important thing that when you're evaluating receptionist services, I really encourage you to take a close look at. All of our receptionists do not log into your calendar. There are tools like Calendly, Acuity, ScheduleOnce. There are so many. There are dozens, and they're very good. And what they allow is for a link to your calendar to show your availability, only free or busy, within your parameters that say, I need a, this much buffer between meetings, or I need it to be a Zoom call or a Google Hangout or whatever. And then after that lead is qualified, then that calendar is booked without access to your systems, so nothing is is, you know, getting logged into, nothing is. No one's tinkering in there in your calendar or in your practice management software, if your calendar lives in there, they're just booking that appointment for you and it shows up only when you're free and that lead has the um, appointment on their calendar as well so they're likely to show up and if you take payment for the consultation, they're even more likely and you can even credit that back to their first bill um, so that it's not a penalty for genuinely interested potential clients and that's all something that the receptionists can handle. We have all of our receptionists also sign an NDA and a confidential financial, financial information disclosure. So um, they, are, they are adhering to confidentiality at a very secure level that many receptionist services don't do. Um, but we, we have a very high standard in that respect because we know it's important to our law firm clients. You know, we also work with other clients who find that very important as well.
0: So one of the things that you mentioned at the beginning of uh, of this is that overflow from the receptionist uh, when the receptionist yeah. is busy. And I just want to point out that one of the things that the receptionist can be busy with is doing their job as a receptionist. So they might be on the phone handling... Appropriately, one of a, a new lead that came in or a, an existing client, and they 're doing what they 're supposed to do, but they might be tied up for fifteen minutes because they 're on that call. What happens to the next call that rings in, and you, Let me ask you, the listener, if you were calling into a company to th- ask questions about using them as you know for a service or at, at probably a high price service and you ended up in an automated attendant or, or getting to a voicemail, expecting a callback, I'd question whether you'd even leave a message, which is probably what is happening right now in, in your firm. The other thing is, is I spoke to a marketer recently who gave me some interesting stats from his own experience with his clients that he was able to demonstrate that um, clients, uh, law firm owners who typically are only open nine to five. So they don't need to answer the phone after hours because it's normal for them to be closed. They were losing out on 60% of their leads by not having the phone answered after hours. And when they, when they went to a virtual receptionist or some other after-hour service that was able to get a live person on the phone with the person who was calling, they actually were able to increase their, increase their conversion significantly. So 60% of their leads were coming in after hours, and they were not coming in later. So what happens is people, they go on the internet, they look for a solution, and they're looking at 8 o'clock at night. You're not there at 8 o'clock at night. If they get somebody on the phone, that's who they're going to be working with. So... Um, that's it's huge. And I don't think that, that I don't think that our listeners really understand how big it really is.
1: Well, and it's, it's one of those situations where you don't know what you don't know because the phone lines are down and you don't know if someone's not leaving you a voicemail because, they're not interested or because they chose to not leave a voicemail because they don't trust voicemail and it's a black hole. So the, the, I completely agree that it's important to have overflow. It's also important to have a receptionist service that knows how to handle different types of callers because if a judge or courthouse is calling, that's something that needs to be handled very promptly, um, whereas with a a receptionist service that's handling lead calls, which may be a different part of your phone system, that can be directed to the receptionist with directions for how to handle those calls differently with a different workflow. Now, the other thing that I'll say is that it's really important to enable these text-based conversations, because people who are looking for legal services more and more are more comfortable with communicating through their fingertips or their thumbs, so to speak, by texting or having web chat as the initial outreach to a law firm, especially with regard to sensitive matters. So imagine that you're a potential client and it's during the workday and you need to find a family law attorney and you're considering a divorce or separation or you have a child custody issue or it's an immigration concern or any number of issues that are sensitive that you don't want your coworkers to overhear or other people to overhear. More and more people are comfortable with text-based communications and they're much more willing to divulge important information that helps you better screen potential clients because that verbal conversation is inviting more issues and overhearing with coworkers or others where it doesn't feel like it's as private. It also is a really easy way to not have to take a break or get up from your desk. If you can go on a law firm's website and immediately see, is this the right fit to help me with this legal matter? So the benefit of that is not only being able to serve people in a way that they're more comfortable, but also it can reduce those phone and email and web form interruptions because you're getting a lot of that communication, that frontline interaction out of the way with that website chat that gets people either in or out of the funnel very efficiently.
0: Okay, so I, I mean, I'm writing down questions as we go and they're piling up. <laughs> but you, when you say text-based conversations, can you just expound on what exactly that means? Is this, are we talking about text messaging on my phone? Are we talking about, I yeah. know you mentioned web chat. Are we talking about Messenger, Instagram? Like where, where are above. these text conversations happening?
1: So Instagram, maybe not so much, but WhatsApp is huge with immigration firms. Their clients and potential clients are constantly communicating with them on WhatsApp because it is an international chat platform right and it is free so that is a way that has opened up the channels to a lot of firms let's say you're in Miami or in Texas California actually tons of places all around the U.S. um, are fielding a lot more immigration cases and requests than ever Uh, there's been a huge surge and and that is an opportunity to capture that audience but I mean, God help you if you have to, at all hours of the day, feel like you need to respond on yet another channel personally yourself. So what we're doing is we're identifying these channels. We're identifying languages that need support. We're identifying automations with both language and automatic messages that can be sent out to immediately respond to and qualify potential clients so you can separate the people who are looking for free legal advice or tire kicking or need a referral to another type of law firm and they don't match your practice area, and then really make sure that you're capturing everyone who you can serve and get them into your funnel, into a consult, into, um, you know, phone call as soon as possible with you so that you can best identify your needs and the match to your firm and retain them as, as, a, as a client.
0: So talk to me a little bit more about WhatsApp, because that has me intrigued. Like, how, how does technically, how does it work that somebody is able to message the firm in WhatsApp and your receptionists, the virtual receptionists at Smith AI are able to respond on behalf of the firm? Is the so, client or <laughs> potential client initiating that conversation? Um, or are you starting with a web chat and then saying, hey, let's talk on WhatsApp? Like, how does that work?
1: That's a very good question. So the nature of the term receptionist means receive and we are almost always, we're not in the like cold sales call, cold text business. Nobody likes a cold text from someone they've never even asked to be interacting with. Um, But we are first and foremost receptionists. We are on live chat and on text answering on behalf of firms. We are not yet, but very soon will be Um, answering on these other channels on behalf of firms. So Facebook Messenger, WhatsApp, that sort of thing, other chat apps as well, that is all coming down the pike. I can't tell you how that actually happens because that's a lot of secret sauce there. But we have the ability to, the same way that we can answer uh, calls using your business number and then make calls using your business number, technology right now has enabled us to um, be representatives of your business to communicate for you on all these different channels. Thanks in large part to a lot of open APIs and SDKs that um, give us access ethically to the frontline communications from new potential clients.
0: Okay. And the experience on the client side. So let's say they're using Smith AI. Smith AI is handling these calls. They're handling these text conversations. Is the firm also receiving those the, the, that communication on their side? Or is it being circumvented to you? Um, and how do you prevent duplication of responsiveness?
1: Oh, absolutely. So there is a, a very clear streamlined funnel where either we answer initially or as overflow as a backup, we can try the firm first and then we'll back up or even certain hours. We're only responding like after hours, for example, um, or during a lunch hour, for example, we can handle the calls. um, Also, if you want to ring your whole office and then we're the backup, you can sort of have a call blast to your office. So anyone can pick up and then we're still your backup. Now, the nice thing is that after every conversation that we handle, you can receive an email, a text message, or even a Slack notification to an entire team so that you have the option to see the call summary, the entire chat transcript, and even receive notifications for transfers through those channels. So we can actually text you instead of trying to attempt a warm phone transfer. Let's say there's a potential lead who's on the phone. We are instructed to try and attempt a live transfer to someone on the team. Maybe it's the attorney, maybe it's the intake person, and we can do so. We can do that notification by phone, by Slack, by text message, and you can actually click a button that says "Yes, I'll accept," or you have thirty minute, thirty seconds rather to get to a quiet place and then accept we also log all of that in your CRM or marketing automation or practice management system, you name it. So if you're using Clio, Practice Panther, or Lawmatics, you know any of those systems, we can pass that as a new contact record with the call summary, tra- chat transcript, caller's contact information, chatter's email, whatever the case may be, as a new record and have all of that conversation notes, the transcript logged in there. So you're not doing data entry. It's in real time updating your systems. And then you can trigger those automated follow-ups to make sure that that person, you know, engages with your firm.
0: So you're taking any inbound um, traffic from the client, whether it be by phone or by text. What about email, inbound email? Um, Are you able to handle that?
1: We don't handle inbound emails. Only those sort of web form completions that come in via email. So you can set up automations where there's a certain subject line where you know it's a form fill from a new potential lead and those get forwarded to us. But we do not respond on your behalf via email. There is you know, uh, it's, it's sort of sticky how much conversation could happen with it within email and, and what, you know, clients are communicating via email, though law firms are trying to train them to like only communicate within a portal, for example. It allows us to much more reliably handle conversations with leads um, and take down the information that's necessary. And then if clients call, we can identify them as an existing client, actually and provide that level of personalized service, and then follow the law firm's custom directions for how to handle existing client calls, or as I mentioned, judges or courthouses or partners who are calling in maybe a different way than we would handle a potential client.
0: Okay. And then um, another question that I have, and I have an entire podcast episode about this, is one of the things that I find law firm owners have a tendency to do is whenever they hear something that they have a little bit of resistance to, they say, oh, that's not ethical, it's not allowed. um, And without checking their state's bar um, associations rules or, or their, you know, what what really is allowed. So, I, I mean, I've gotten everything from, you know, oh, I can't do pay-per-click advertising because it's not ethically allowed to all kinds of, of wacky stuff. I know that this web chat thing is going to be a sticking point. So talk to me about the security that the web chat feature has um, built into it. And how does it work within the ethical rules of, of, of each state's um, own specifics of what's allowed and not allowed for a law firm to do?
1: Well, I mean, I think first and foremost, your web chat is a function on your website. And one of the things that we say, well, first of all, you should have a secure website, especially if you're using, you know, you're embedding law pay or other payment solutions or calendaring, whatever it is, however you're taking in information, it's important that you have a you know secure website, that you have secure payments, that you have terms and conditions on your website that clearly say how you're say how you're going to use any information disclosed on a web form or if you're capturing emails. Um, phone numbers, that you have cookies enabled, whatever the case may be, that is part and parcel of how you set up your website. And your web chat widget and any widgets, any sort of content built on that website is a function of that underlying framework that you have set up. Now, specific to web chat, there are a few things that we include, and this is in the law firm communication library that we've built for for lawyers. Um, This is also something that we recommend for text answering. Is to have a disclaimer that clearly states before any conversation is initiated, um, and this goes for financial advising firms. I mean, this has other business applications beyond just law. But to say that this chat does not, uh, it does not institute or um, create an attorney-client relationship. It does not constitute legal advice. And in some cases where you know we're staffing and other attorneys have also opted to say that. The people who are staffing this chat are not attorneys. um, And those three components are very critical. At a minimum, this does not establish an attorney-client relationship, and this does not constitute legal advice. Those are the two that I would say are most important.
0: Okay, that's really good. And I'm assuming that somebody who's not set up with these widgets and not set up with these disclaimers, that that's something, if they were being onboarded onto Smith AI's platform, that you would help them and guide them and provide them with, correct?
1: Absolutely. We're always sharing best practices. And we know from working with you know people all over the country in all different practice areas um, how to get started off on the right foot.
0: Okay. Now, uh, my next question is re- related to conflicts. I know that uh, firms have to go through a conflict check when they decide to take on a new client, and some practice areas even more stringent than others. But um, it just leads me to the question of if you if you're serving multiple law firms, you could potentially have the same receptionist answering a call from a client and an adversary. That's a, that's. Through another law firm that's a client of yours, is, is that a concern that comes up, and and how do you deal with that, and 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 how does that relate to conflicts as far as the the ethical committee is 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 concerned?
1: That's something. So I um, presented to the law practice advisors around the country. There's a group of them who work at you know state and local bars, and and that's absolutely a question that's come up that we have addressed uh, with many, both one-on-one and also in group conversations, basically the receptionist service is just that. They are a receptionist service. They receive and triage and handle information almost in a, I hesitate to say mechanical, um, because they are so personable and friendly and sensitive and exactly the, the sort of representatives that you want for someone who is often very stressed out reaching out to a law firm. Um, That may not be their favorite call to make that day, but at the end of the day, these are people who handle dozens or hundreds of calls a day. It is an operation that they are handling. They are sensitive to what they are hearing based on the tone of voice from the caller, and it is sort of a call and response, hear stress, convey sympathy sort of trigger, but their their processing of the information is only to the extent that they're trying to take really complete notes to do their duty for the law firm. And they are not internalizing or analyzing or thinking deeply about the conversation because there is frankly so much that they're doing using our software to handle that call, take detailed Pretty perfect, you know, grammatical, um, spelled correctly notes that then get fed into your CRM um, and get passed directly to you. It's happening so quickly with so much data and inputs coming at them that I really don't think it's possible to even like comprehend if one thing relates to another. They're really transcriptionists, very friendly, you know, sensitive, thoughtful transcriptionists, but they are handling a call as it's their duty. It's not, it's not you know entering their mind. They don't have the bandwidth to think much more about it. And frankly, I would say that there are plenty of shared office spaces and shared receptionists and, and people who have much more skin in the game or, or personal ties to the content of the conversations they're hearing that would present many more like concerns and ethical dilemmas to me than a service that is very far removed from the day-to-day and to the content that they're hearing on the call or the chat.
0: Right. And, and they're not dispensing any information at all. They're simply taking information from the caller. So if the caller chooses to share more information than is necessary, they're simply relaying a message. They're not, that, that message is not going to cross paths with a different firm and, um, and and will stay confidential to that specific client's communication with the firm.
1: Right. They also steer the conversation and they do know to ask certain questions that can help, you know, steer that person who's a potential client one way or another if they know that the law firm prefers Um, or only serve certain practice areas, and they prefer to recommend, you know, um, a trademark or IP or patent client to another firm, they're a family law practice, right, but they know a really great, uh, you know, business uh, attorney, then they may say, if you identify this is like a a business law or trademark or patent matter, then um, please direct them to this firm and make that referral for me and that's something that we handle you know on a firm by firm basis completely customized so it is about taking information and knowing how to handle it and what what with what priority and and the workflow to follow it's not just taking information in a note because frankly if you're paying for a receptionist service that's just a call answering or note-taking service you are not getting nearly as much out of it as you possibly could like we do get real work done for you but that's on the qualification and scheduling and payment side
0: right um talk to me about the 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 payment side i I know you mentioned it before is that just in the initial lead scheduling a consultation or are you involved in accounts receivable as well and and how does that work
1: yeah, so actually, that's something that we can do in a number of different ways. First of all, if you have people who have you know credit cards that are in the system but are expired or bounced or someone's not paying their invoices, then we can actually follow up with them and uh, and call them and say, as a neutral third party, and this is important. I'll get back to that in a moment. You know, there is this outstanding bill. Um, can I collect payment from you at this time? and we're not charging the 30 to 50% that a collections agency would charge. So you're paying per call with Smith AI, not per minute, not, you know, as a percentage of the revenue that we're capturing for you or whatever. So what we're able to do and what we find with the clients who use us for, you know, collecting payment for consults to actually any invoices that are due or outstanding is that law firms go from collecting about 85% of their total earnings to 98, 99% when they're using a credit card system like Pay and they're using um, a receptionist service to follow up. Now the neutral third party is really important because what do we know about solo and small firms in particular? That you have a personal relationship with that client and almost never do you wanna talk about financial matters with a personal relationship, whether it's business or otherwise. So when you have a neutral third party that's having that conversation that is oftentimes uncomfortable for you when you have a personal relationship um, and it makes it feel more transactional, which it is, but you don't always want to draw light on that, by having a receptionist service be this neutral party and following up on the payment separates you from that process and reduces that uncomfortable factor, which is really important. And also, they're much more likely to say yes, and to make the payment than to try and pull on your heartstrings. You know, we have a duty to do, and that's to collect the payment. We don't have the ability to negotiate that you might grant yourself. So it is a consistent and effective approach to getting paid the amount that you've earned.
0: Yeah, and those conversations, I mean, they have a, a, a real ability to, to turn confrontational. People, uh, especially if they haven't been paying their bill because they have some sort of gripe that they want to talk about, do you find in your experience that those can, can escalate with your, you know, with, with your receptionist and are they pretty much um, either yes, I collected or no, I didn't collect and, and they're, they're pretty harmless?
1: they're, they're pretty harmless. I mean, people, you know, just have a lot going on oftentimes, and it's a bill that they've got sitting there. I mean, people are busy. It's, it's very, very rarely something that turns into an issue.
0: Okay. That's very interesting. I want to go back to the, the incoming leads conversation. You have a, a, uh, insight that other firm owners listening to this don't have, which is you're exposed to the many different ways that a firm might handle an inbound lead. So I was wondering if you might be willing to share what some law firms are doing as far as, you know, a free consultation, a paid consultation, and the initial touch point, the next step after an inbound lead is coming in. What are some of the unique ways that firms are, are, are handling that lead to try to draw them closer to being a, being a client?
1: Yes. So, I mean, we could talk about this forever, but I will give like a few um, recommendations based on what we see is really effective. And also this really is dependent upon practice area because some are contingency and really you don't take payment for consultations. But let's say of those that do, it's really important to um, make sure that people like a lot of people are using online calendar systems and embedding these things on their website. So I would say that if you are embedding online calendaring on your website, that you have um, payments that are being requested for consults that are being booked. So you reduce your chance of no shows. Also, if you have those being booked, it's really important that you have someone following up with anyone who books an appointment for you, who hasn't spoken to a live person to just confirm that there is a good match between potential client and the practice and that that person's going to show up. It's also important that you protect your time by considering how that consult is happening. Is it a phone call? Is it a video conference? Which is a really nice balance of feeling like you're getting to know someone and driving a personal connection without literally taking the time to drive to a physical office space. Um, And more and more attorneys are using virtual offices anyway to conduct their practice. So there isn't even a virtual, a a physical space to begin with. Um, I would say that confirming those appointments that are happening is very important. But then also to do proper screening, and this can be very scary for a small firm, before that consult is scheduled. So the more that you weed out in the early stages, the more you're protecting the The time, the opportunity cost of the time, and understanding best those channels that are driving leads to you and which are generating the best potential clients. And then, if you have that call or conversation happen, those screening questions are then leading to two different branches on the tree. One is saying this is not a qualified client based on them not passing the screening, and one is saying that they are. For those who are, Book them for a consult right then and there, get their email, phone number, and how that consult's gonna happen and get it on their calendar in addition to the attorneys. And then if they're not, that can be um, a referral that goes to a specific firm or to the state bars referral service, whatever you prefer, because that can be at least a goodwill generator, if not a potential for a referral um, fee, if that's allowed within your you know state bars uh, ethics rules now and within the amount of work you're actually doing there so what i would say is for consults um charging for them is also an additional weeding out mechanism that feels scary early on but let me tell you it does say to people to do their own self gut check is this you know, very likely the stage that you're at, are you ready? Are you willing to, you know, put money down to have this process be initiated? And then as I mentioned, if you can, why not say that can be credited to your first bill so it feels like it's on an extra payment if that person is likely to hire you and it sort of removes the risk and the tolerance required for that initial payment. Um, But it at least pays you for your time if that person doesn't become a client. Um, you know, one will... thing
0: that I that I've um, seen done outside of the law firm industry and is very effective, and I haven't seen a lot of law firm law firms doing this, but I, I wonder if uh, it would have the same the same effectiveness is to have a fully refundable deposit. So the only purpose of collecting the money is to make sure they show up for the call and then at the end of the call they get the money back whether they become a client or not. If they become a client it can go towards their first bill. Um, and another thing that you can do is you can double their money back. So in other words, you can take what they put down for the call and then apply it times two to their first bill to give them an, an even more incentive to, to make that move forward of becoming a client. But that takes the, the, the question of, you know, is this going to cost me anything out? Because you'll give it, if they don't become a client, you'll give it back to them. But it also weeds out people who are not even able to, not even willing to put that deposit down.
1: Yeah, I would also say that, you know, one of the other things that we've seen is that the initial first 15 or 30 minutes is free, and then the clock starts running. Um, That's something that we see in criminal defense practices and other practices, and that can be very effective. Like, my hourly rate will kick in after 30 minutes, and, you know, if you want to continue talking, and then maybe during that conversation, I send you the retainer agreement, and I just have time to continue talking because, you know, you've got this uh, court date that I need to show up. At for you you know in two days like for example if you automate a lot of this which Justy Nickel has done for example in Colorado she is able by having her you know intake form online and then having this doc automation set up or after a consult she can trigger an agreement which upon signing triggers the first invoice and then she can get to work. I mean, that allows her to cut down the amount of time it takes to onboard a new client and to get to work immediately, which has empowered her to corner a market of of speed to service that is totally unparalleled. I mean, nobody can serve a client as quickly as she can get on board because of all these automations and process refinements that she's done. Um, But she does require that client to commit and sign and pay upfront. And she sets expectations very clearly that once you do this, I get to work for you. And that message is, is powerful in two ways. One, it does allow her to serve a market that is difficult to serve given the time constraints, but it also sets very clearly the precedent that she is the one who sets the rules and the boundaries early on and the client is very well behaved as a result because you've set that precedent already from the outset.
0: Yeah and and the other thing is is that if you if you're collecting money up front you're basically sending a message about the value of your time and on the flip side if you're willing to do a free consultation which I do have some clients that do that you're also letting them know that hey uh, my time might not be worth that much because I'm able to give you an hour for free so y- you you might be thinking that you're that you're preventing somebody from walking away but in reality you might be establishing um, your foot in the relationship on the wrong ground. So, um, that's really, that's really something to consider when you're, when you're looking at how to do this.
1: And if you say, you know, I have a lot of time, I'm just building my practice, I've just started to hang my shingle. And, you know, there are other things that you can do with your time just because you're at your desk doesn't mean if the phone rings and you can take it that you should take it. Because you can be at these networking events at these BNI breakfasts, which are still incredibly powerful networking um, generators and client generators. Uh, You can be writing articles, you can be going to conferences, you can be even listening to podcasts of ways that you can build your practice. So what are the things that only you can do? Um, you know, something like uh, getting Clio set up or getting a online calendaring set up or more efficient systems, that's gonna be something that you really have your hands on that is much more difficult to um, hand off then some of the screening and intake that is absolutely very systematic and process driven. Now, one other thing that's often neglected is that if you make a referral, that you take the time to inform that person about what you actually do, because you never know who you're going to inform, who could be a future client or send clients to you in the future. The other thing is exit interviews. So if you're not, Obviously asking for you know, reviews and, and referrals, that's super important, but also taking a close look on how that client engagement went, how that interaction was, and would you be happy to work with that client again? Because you can actually iterate that lead screening process over time based on how it went with that client. So yeah, you retain them, you sign them, that's great, but maybe not so great if that wasn't actually turning out to be the ideal client for your firm or some things you know could have been improved or you wish you would have referred that client to someone else. How does your ongoing client work inform the questions you're using up front to screen leads?
0: Yeah, and I I actually have uh we're running low on time and I have a couple of questions I want to cover. So I'm just going to run into them real quick and we'll try to see if we can get them answered. First of all, do you have any information on the ROI of hiring a virtual reception service and um and specifically with all the bells and whistles that you offer to, to you know, the web chat and the um, you know, and and the the WhatsApp communication and everything else we discussed in this in this interview. Um, what what kind of, of ROI are we looking at? Is that, is that something easy to answer?
1: So I would say um, we are building, we're working on um, a calculator for our website that demonstrates the ROI. That's something that we're actually in the process of building right now, both for the calls and for web chat. Um, so keep an eye out for that. But What I would say is a very basic calculation that you can do right now today is the amount of time that you are spending on non-lawyering work, on non-billable work, whether it's admin or configuring technology or whatever the case may be, running your practice. And then what is your hourly rate? And then how much time are you spending doing that? What's the hourly rate of your paralegal and the opportunity for billing that person's time as well? And then consider the fact that for Smith AI, we're charging 5 to $7 per call. Um, it's gonna be you know, 6 to $10 per chat. Those conversations, how much is a new lead worth to you? And then how much does it cost to have that call handled? How many, based on communications, how many conversations turn into a new client? And then you can start to understand if you're responsible or your paralegal is responsible for all those conversations, the amount of time it takes to get that new client, not to mention the marketing costs that you have to you know, make them aware of your business in the first place, versus the per call cost for capturing and getting that client on your calendar after screening and then turning into a client. So it's a very easy um, comparison to say, this is the cost of me doing it, and this is the cost of Smith AI doing it. And this is the the cost of no one being able to do it because you're not picking up on that first ring or or chat or email communication. Um, And then you can easily see the gap there. And that gap is the ROI by handing off and delegating those tasks. Um, It's really important that you understand the value of your time and then even the value of your non-working time because not everyone is going to say, oh, all the time I'm currently spending on my 80 hour work weeks is going to go right back into my practice. Maybe it goes into your family or your home life or other activities you like doing. So let's not, I don't want to make the assumption that it just allows you to do more work. It may allow you to have more work-life balance.
0: Right. Who would want that, right? we we 're all striving to get more time back for all these different things, and it sounds like this this would give that to to you um, and, and 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 at the end of the day i mean I know as a as a fellow business owner we 're always looking at where is the best place to put our dollar you know i I have x amount of money to spend. And I have to allocate it to different places. And if I choose to put it here, it's not going to go there. And that's, you know, it's always a, a conflict and decision that you need to make. And the one thing that I have to offer the, the the listeners is that sometimes the calculation is not what do I do with the existing dollars, but being able to foresee and forecast the dollars that are going to be there potentially because of decisions that we make. And that is a very difficult way to come at the decision because it's not tangible today and you always have that question what if you know, what if it doesn't work out? What if it doesn't provide what I expect it to provide? You know, then I really can't afford it. And that may, that may be right, but without making the change, without making the move, you're not giving yourself the space to allow that additional business to come in. You're not giving yourself the space to allow the, the client experience to be that much better. Um, and therefore, you, you know, people to talk about you more and, and your ratings and reviews to go up and things like that. So a lot of the tangible benefits that you're going to experience are going to happen as a result of making the decision. So you kind of have to bite the bullet and make the decision first. And hopefully, I would
1: also, go ahead. Oh, I would also say Michelle, that like, if you are spending any money on your website design or your marketing or advertising or improving your Google my business or your SEO, and you don't build into your budget, The channels for responsiveness and the staff to to facilitate and guarantee responsiveness then you're setting yourself up for throwing away a lot of money or not getting the the results that are available to you through those channels Um, and to not even understanding on an analytical um, footing the the potential performance of those channels because if you don't respond right away you have no idea how valuable certain marketing channels are to you, to your business. So that's part of your any marketing budget.
0: So um, this is all, it's all very interesting. And as, as we're going through this, I'm thinking, you know, I've got a number of clients that really should be doing this. They're not doing this today. Um, and... Uh, one of the reasons that they're not doing it is because of the commitment or the investment. You mentioned that you charge per call. Is there is there a commitment? Like if somebody says, "Hey, I, you know what? I don't have coverage after hours, but I have no idea if I'm even getting calls after hours. Is it worth engaging with Smith AI to to set up themselves for after hours coverage? Um, even if they might not be getting calls? And you know, and what does that look like from, from an investment perspective? Are they yeah. truly only being charged by the call or is there a, some commitment level in there as well?
1: So there's a monthly minimum. And the reason that we have a monthly minimum for the calls um, is that we have a, and it's very low actually, it's so that we can maintain all of your existing accounts and directions and all the API integrations that we have. So for $70 a month, it's 10 call minimum. You only pay over the 10 calls per call. So you basically say, I'm signing up at $70 a month. I'm going to get 10 calls handled. Anything over that, I will pay $7 a call. And then you have the peace of mind that any call that will come in, even at a very low volume, that will be handled by a receptionist. And we work Monday through Friday, 5 a.m. to 9 p.m. Pacific, 8 a.m. to midnight Eastern time. So it is a you know, very, very full extended workday. We're not yet 24 seven, but we're working towards that. Now we can also say, if you ever need to put your plan on redirect, let's say you're taking a hiatus or whatever the case may be, um, you can change that to uh, a $10 a month, like sort of hold status. So we don't get rid of your number or any directions that you have. You can put it on pause and then you can resume at any time. So maybe there are periods where your phone lines are really busy. You can also change your plan from month to month. So if you have a campaign, you can capitalize on the lower $5 per call price, which is available at 100 calls or more a month. So you say for next month, I I know I'm going to get over 100 calls. I want to switch to the $500 a month plan because then I'm only paying $5 per call for those hundred calls and I'm getting a better value per call. And you can switch from month to month. That's super easy. Now the really nice thing is that this is a lower monthly price than almost any other service on the market. The per call time is on average three to five minutes. So you're getting really a lot of work done on that call. And you also have through our web chat, we are releasing a chat bot that is 100% free unlimited chats for any business website. It includes five pre-programmed Q&A, and it includes a playbook. If you want more than that, then you can pay. It's very small fees associated with it month to month. We also have the option to have the live agent staffing your chat, and those plans start at $100 a month, and that's for 10 relevant chats. Now keep in mind also, and it's funny, some clients even say to us that the $70 a month minimum is worth the spam blocking alone because we will block out and not charge for all of your spam and sales calls and irrelevant calls. So that doesn't mean when we've qualified a potential client and they don't fit that you don't pay for that call. But if you are getting calls from spammers or marketing agencies, you've said, I don't want to hear from you, you don't pay for any of those calls, and you also don't have to handle them yourself, which is worth the price alone for a lot of folks, even if they're not getting a ton of calls.
0: Okay. so. Um... It it seems like there's there's some setup involved. Is there any upfront fee to get started because of the the setup, or is it just hey I'm I'm ready to commit to that you know minimum seventy dollars a month and 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 boom. it's
1: month to month, right? So there is no setup fee for the receptionist service. Um, if you want us to program and set up your chatbot, there will be a small fee for that. Um, but that has not yet been announced on our website. Maybe by the time that this has been. Um, release this episode, then that will be uh, live, but that will be optional. And then um, on the receptionist side, also, if you decide after a few months that, you know, you really like the service, which many people do, um, then you can actually get a 15% discount on an annual basis if you pay up front. So there are additional, you know, options that are available right. to you to get, you know, a right. reduced price.
0: And we don't have to cover your whole pricing menu. Here no, 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 podcast. no. But
1: the nice thing is, is actually by referring clients, you can have it pay for itself. So for every existing client, they get $25 a month off their bill for every client they refer who signs up.
0: And that's ongoing or that's one time that's, when they sign up? That's
1: ongoing every month as they remain, remain a paying client.
0: Wow. That's yeah. very generous, actually knowing the rest of the industry, that's very generous. So that's that's pretty pretty cool. Um, and I guess that's probably helping helping you grow your client base as well. Um, key personnel uh, their cell phones. Do you? I I know that you know, like you can use something like Google Voice to put a number in front. You know, you give somebody that number, and then this way you're monitoring who's calling you in. Can can we control that through? the Smith AI service so that their cell phone is not ringing uh, for anybody but the people that they want to allow through?
1: Yes. So we can absolutely be filtering and screening and transferring calls into your personal cell phone. We um, would you know, recommend that you either use our cl- cloud phone system, which is keypad, or you use your own cloud phone system uh, that you choose. You can just route your calls to us. We're totally phone system agnostic. Um, if you want and you don't have a business phone number, we can provision one for you. We can also accept your existing business number so you could port it to us and there's no change to your phone number and it's listing all over the internet and phone books and every other place where a phone phone number lives.
0: Great. And as far as the target market that you serve, uh, we've covered use cases for solos, for smalls, for uh, for. I mean, practically any size firm out there is, is there a specific market that, that you work specifically well with? Is there a specific market that you're just not geared for? Uh, Or, or is it everybody that you, that you serve and serve well?
1: So on the receptionist side uh, for phone calls, it's pretty much any solo or small business, mostly professional services. And I would say 60% of the businesses we work with are law firms, uh, solo and small law firms. Now, as we're extending more into, and we work with many marketing agencies, financial advisors, IT firms that actually, you know, institute and install our chat and our receptionist services for their clients. Um, And we have, you know, business attorneys who work with us and recommend us to their business clients. Um, but then also on the chat side, that actually has opened, us some, uh, opened up a much larger market for us. So for larger firms that don't necessarily have the wherewithal or interest of training their extensive in-house staff and receptionist teams to handle chat, that's an area where we can come in and say either on the automated uh, AI chatbot side or on the staff side uh, with the live agents, we can come in and add chat to your business as a responsiveness mechanism and have your internal staff continue doing what they do really well.
0: Very interesting. And if we had more time, I would dive into exactly the semantics of how that works. But we don't. Um, We're practically out of time. My last question for you is what separates you from the competition? We both know that there's, um, I don't know, probably 50 virtual reception services um, out there, if not more. I had my virtual assistant, Tina, who works in the Philippines, do a project a while back to identify potential sponsors for the podcast. And in that project, she identified over 50 virtual reception services. So obviously, there's competition in, in, the, in the space. You're just one of many. And I teach my clients and I talk about here on the podcast how, um, you know, you just need to be able to identify why you're different than anybody else and people who rec- who you know, acknowledge that difference, want that difference, they're going to be the right customers for you. So what makes you unique and special and different than the other players in the marketplace? And and why should somebody use you over somebody else?
1: Well, it really comes down to the best staff and to the best technology working together to serve the you know, small business clients, specifically the solo small law firm. So what we do is we can get more work done for you more accurately on a custom basis that continues the feeling of your small firm, um, that personalized nature of it when you personally are not handling all those conversations which just isn't possible so we're able to use our software with the receptionist so they see how to handle any different type of call and carry out that workflow we can customize based on any software that you're using basically we integrate with over 30 um, different crm and calendaring and payment systems marketing automation whereas the competition is handling on average, you know, three or four different software programs, and not nearly that extent. We have a Zapier app so that we can connect to thousands more software programs. And we also have the ability to customize how we handle these calls and chats really down to the nitty gritty level. So you're feeling like it is truly an in house experience, and that we are representatives of your business, of your law firm, um, and that we also are doing things that are of immense value to you, that by integrating with your software, we're we're reducing data entry tasks. By handling your lead screening, qualification and scheduling, we're reducing the actual follow-up tasks and chasing leads down who had a good conversation. We're blocking your spam and we are handling your communications on multiple channels through the same direction so you have a consistent response And workflow every single time so not using a different service for texting a different service for chat a different service for phone answering a different service for intake those are four different services right there we actually can consolidate all of that into one so you have one team that's working on your behalf consistently whether they're calling or on your website or texting you
0: and I'm gonna add one piece to that what I really like about you as opposed to some of the competition out there, is the fact that you charge per phone call and not per minute, and that, it, from a financial perspective, because that's my, you know, uh, strong point, my key background is it allows you to do a better job in planning for the the productivity of your of your firm. You you have a very clearly defined uh, cost. Both right. on the customer side, once they've become a client, if you can identify how you're going to be using these calls, um, you don't have to try to figure out how busy somebody's going to be following up with a client when you know it's going to cost X number of phone calls for each client to get followed up with, and then you can build that into your into your model and figure out what your profitability is going to be much clearer on the sales side. You can just add your cost per lead, add the cost of a call to the cost per lead, and you now know how much you can spend on marketing to bring in a lead um, when, with that first call being handled. So I really like the fact that you can do a lot more uh, concrete projections on the financial side having, knowing what that cost is going to be up front. Um, so, uh, folks, the bottom line is we've made a case on this podcast, on this interview with, with Maddie. For the need for a virtual reception service, no matter your situation, you can have a full-time receptionist at the desk. You could have... Um you can have somebody who's already tied up on the phone. Therefore, you don't get to a phone call. You can have after hours coverage. You can just need the web chat. There is definitely a need for this in your firm. So if you don't have it yet, 70 bucks a month. I mean, come on, that's that's like one seat of your practice management software. That's one dinner out by yourself with nobody joining you. And, you know, maybe a couple of lunches at the at the end of the day. It's a drop in the bucket in the overall cost of running your firm. And you can, if nothing else, you give it a try. And if it doesn't work for you, then you cancel it, right? So. I, and, and I have no, no reason to promote this to you other than the fact that I'm impressed with everything that I've heard. And I think that this is amazing. As a matter of fact, I don't have a virtual reception service for my business and I'm already thinking about ways that I can, um, implement Smith AI. I didn't realize that they serve non law firm clients. So I, you know, I would consider even using them for my business as well. So, um, Maddie, before we sign off, uh, you have uh, something that you want to share with our audience, some sort of promotion uh, that they can take advantage of. Why don't you take it away and and let us know what that is?
1: Thanks. Yeah, Um, it was such a pleasure being here. And I thank everyone who has listened. If you use the code PROFITLAW100, that's PROFITLAW100, you can get $100 off your first months of service, either calls or chats. In addition to our 10-call, 10-chat free trial, the chatbot will be completely free uh, to use unlimited chats 24-7, but if you want our live agents or live receptionists, then that will get you um, that free trial, which is basically a month of service plus $100 off, so the code is PROFITLAW100, and hopefully that's enough to get you to try it out and you'll see the remarkable change that it makes.
0: So essentially, if you're just trying out the basic service, um, this, this code will give them their first, first month free, correct?
1: In addition to the, yeah, first month of trial for free. So really, it's like two, two months free. Months. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Wow. Okay. That's very generous of you, first of all. Second of all, um, uh, folks, if you're listening to the, this, if you made it to this point um, and, and you stuck with us, we really appreciate it because this was a long interview, but this is a very generous uh, offer as well. And um, I invite you to use it and give it a whirl. And I'd love to hear back on your experiences using Smith AI and your feedback on this episode with with Maddie. Um, I think that there was great information shared and um, I, I enjoyed the conversation. So I hope that you enjoy listening to it. Maddie, any parting words for our audience?
1: No, thank you for having me, Moshe. It's really a pleasure speaking with you.
0: And it was a pleasure as well for us. Thank you for sharing your time with us. So there you have it, folks. Thank you for joining us on the Profit With Law podcast. Until next time, go out there, figure out a way to get more time back, spend more time with your family, the things that you love doing, and most of all, make that firm a profitable, profitable and enterprise in your life. That's it for this week's episode of Profit with Law. If you have enjoyed the show, please consider sharing it with at least one person. Imagine how many lives we can change if we each shared this episode. Another way to share the episode is on social media. We appreciate your support and look forward to you joining us again next week.